cash flow may not be a priority right now. Multifamily, as far as remaining a vehicle that I personally will always invest in, basic, simple premise, supply and demand. That's it. Like it will always be a big part of my portfolio. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey everyone, Annie Dickerson here together with the incredible, the one and only Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, but I want to hear about you and your trip. You just got back from this amazing trip you posted in Slack. It looked like the kids were about to fall off the side of the... (laughs) My son calls it the ocean simulator. Basically those pools with the infinity pools where you can't see the edge. (laughs) But when you sit and you see the pool and then the ocean, it's almost like they blend together with a tiny little edge. But yeah, we were in Cabo last week during the kids' ski week. And so we're not much of skiers. So we went to the beach instead. Oh man, it was beautiful. I saw more whales the first 24 hours we were there than I've seen in my entire life. And we were up on the fourth floor, kind of on a cliff or a mountain. And then, so we had this great view of the ocean. And every so often you just see these, like, it's almost like a lava field, I guess. You see like the blowholes, I guess, go off from the whales. And you see one here and one there, and you see a couple here, and then you see the back of the whale come up. And there were multiple times when we saw the tails going in, or I think there was one afternoon while we were eating our chips and guacamole with our beers up on the balcony, watching the kids swim in our private pool, looking out over the ocean, we saw some whales actually jump out and like you do in documentaries. It was very cool. And then we also got a chance to swim with dolphins. So that was a very unique experience. Touch dolphins. Have dolphin. you done that before? No, or? we've okay. never done that. The kids have never done that. Have you done that? No, I'm good. I don't like me <laughs> like things. <laughs> I don't even know if they're slimy. I've never right. touched them, but I don't know. They're they very look- smooth and yeah. very muscular. And that's yeah. the one thing I took away was like, <laughs> they are such powerful creatures, dolphins, right. and so smart, but they're so gentle and they're so kind. And I was really taken with that. They've got that thing down to a science. Talk about user experience. Okay. So they go in, you put on your wetsuit and your life vest and you go up, you've got a trainer and then you've got a dedicated dolphin. There's like four different groups. And our dolphin's name was Ali and he's 20 years old alpha male of the group. Hmm. And you've got a photographer too. So every group has a dedicated photographer, of course, because they're going to sell you all the photos and videos afterward. So then they take you through the series of first, we do the dance with the dolphin. Then we ride on its belly. Then we do the dolphin kiss. Then we give the high five. It's like this. Your lips like, like actually touch like So the cheeks. Oh, okay. And he kisses your cheek and then he sticks his tongue out at you. Oh, yeah. Slimy, a little bit slimy, but (laughs) but it was an amazing experience to be so close because we've been to SeaWorld where you see him from afar, but to be that close and to be in the water with them, I think the kids, especially, they just, they loved it. It was such a unique experience. So fun. I feel like 
With everything that's been going on for the last couple of years, you need time like this to get away and to decompress and to turn off the electronics, which you did, and to just be, right? And just, it's like we're human beings, right? We're not human doing. Mm -hmm. Constantly, we were just on a team meeting talking about this, how everybody is so busy, busy, busy with life and everything. And to have a moment like this where you're just, being together with your family is so powerful for making smart decisions when it comes to investing in finding the calm that you need, right? In the midst of this storm that's happening right now in the investment world, particularly in multifamily, there's so much tension right now in the multifamily space amongst operators and investors. And so when you can force yourself almost to get away and to, what's the word I'm looking for? Just to detach yourself from the chaos and everything. It's so good. So I'm so glad that you guys had that. And I think, Julie, you've been so instrumental in inspiring me to do more of this, like just being, because I'm a doer. I'm a like, and often to a fault where I pack my calendar and I'm like, just onto the next thing, onto the next thing. I've got my list. I'm checking things off and I don't often stop to poke my head up and to say, okay, is what I'm doing actually, are these the right things? Are these the priorities right. that I should be working on? And often, more often than not, when I do so and I take a moment, I'm like, oh, actually, if I could just be a little smarter about it, I could shift these things around or I give these opportunities to others on the team. And it just creates that breath for yourself and that pause and that breath. And there's nothing like it, especially as you mentioned in a storm like the one we're in, where there's so much going on, you can't keep doing the things that you're doing, or you're going to get the same results that you've gotten, right? If you want something new, something better, if you want to create that life by design, you've got to be able to have the courage and step out and do things that you've never done before to get results that you've never had before. And so on that note, this Part of what I was celebrating on this trip was five years in business, that we've been in business five years. And I remember the first Mexico trip we took as a family was that during that first year in business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and it was nothing like this one. Oh my gosh. Even though we were in a similar setting, palm trees, pools, beach view, the kids were much smaller and it was just hectic because we were still, we were trying to get the business off the ground. So in the afternoons, I would go out with my tripod and my microphone and my phone and try to create videos in the afternoons, which eventually became our Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. But it was such a different experience in a different time. But over the last five years, oh my goodness, adventures, let's say, that we've gone into and the deals that we've helped our investors get into, the exits that we've had, it's just nothing short of amazing. And on that note, before we dive into our focus topic for today, I did want to mention to the listener, if you were at all curious about our track record, all those things that we've done over the last five years or so, the deals that we've been part of, as well as the exits, the projected returns we originally put out, as well as the actual realized returns. We've gathered all of that for you in one easy place because it's at a time like this, especially 
you want to take that extra effort to vet the operators and the sponsors that you are potentially investing with to make sure that they can actually deliver on what they're projecting. So we've gathered all that for you in one handy place. You can go to goodeginvestments.com and down at the bottom, you'll be able to download our case studies deck and you can see all of that information there. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and transition and talk about our topic today. And we're talking about both cash flow and appreciation. And over the last few years, <laughs> things have shifted quite a bit. So the landscape isn't nearly what it was back when we first got into this in 2017, 2018. So maybe let's start there. Tell us a little bit, Julie, from your perspective, what has changed between when we first got into this business in 2017, 2018, and what we're seeing now? Oh, gosh. I mean, when we think about... Let me start way back. I first got into thinking about... I had some equity and from our one of our properties that we were selling in the Bay Area. And I was trying to figure out what the highest and best use was with the least amount of risk of where to put that money. And living in California, I had always thought that appreciation, that's all that existed out there in the world of real estate investing. I never knew. I didn't even know what that meant, like cash on cash returns and cash flow, because that was a non-existent thing in the Bay Area. And so as we started to expand our understanding of what to invest in real estate meant was when I discovered the ability to invest in single family homes and even then later on discovered syndication to invest for cash flow. And that once I discovered that, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like what I need, something that can serve me in my life today. Because traditionally, when we think about investing, when we think about real estate, most people buy for appreciation, right? In the way that they do it is they buy their single family home, their primary home, and then they wait for 30 years plus to get the appreciation and have some value in that property. And that's investing for most people. That's their ideas. The focus was on appreciation. And so I wanted something that was going to like serve me in my life today because tomorrow is never guaranteed. That's the way I live my life. And that's what I think. And so when I discovered cash flow, I was just like mind blown, right? Like, yes, this is it. And back then in 2016, I mean, I think the 2% rule was still like a thing back then. Like, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like people were still trying to look for investment properties that would cash flow mm -hmm. at the 2% rule, which was whatever your monthly rent was equal to purchase price of the property. And that was the rule that people used. And then it became 1%. And then, became, and then people stopped talking about that rule. Yeah, and then exactly. And then people stopped <laughs> talking about that rule. That's right. And so, yes, cash flow to me, and I've always, been like this, I think, even in business as well. Like, I've always prioritized cash flow. It's the heart of cash is king. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I think when we prioritize equity and back end, there's no guarantees that the property is going to appreciate or the market's going to continue to grow or it's speculative, is what it is. And so for me, appreciation and equity has always been something that was an afterthought, I guess you can say, about my focus has always been on cash flow. But what has changed back to your original question? I I mean, what's changed is that it is as it relates specifically to multifamily, it's become harder and harder for us to find deals that are actually cash flowing anything really more than 2%. And, and it was 
when I got into the space in 2016, I still remember seeing like C-class deals that were a 12% plus, 12 to 15% Mm -hmm. cash on cash returns, right? Never did those deals because that was never comfortable. So I did the deals that were in the 10% range and then it moved to 8%. And then over the last two years, it's moved to like 6%. And maybe over the last six months, now you're lucky if you get 2%. So it's been the cash flow has been eroding as I think multifamily investing has become more popular, particularly not just with individual investors and syndicators and groups like ours, but also institutional money. There's so much money that's flocking to multifamily and has been over the last decade and five to 10 years that it's just get it's just squeezing the returns because people are offering to pay more and more and more. And then what happens is it just squeezes all of the returns and the big institutional groups, they don't have investors that they need to make a certain dollar amount for it. They just really need a place to park money where they can capture that appreciation and maybe some cash flow, which then, and then they can afford to pay more than we can, right? So yeah, I mean, it's a tough environment right now with multifamily. And I don't like banking on the appreciation aspect on the back end because I think it's very speculative. And so I like the 50-50. You get some of it now and you get the other equity bunch on the back end. And so that's how I like to think about it. But yeah, I mean, a lot's changed in the last like five, six years. You have to be, I think you can't get overwhelmed by what's happening and you have to be have an open mind and you have to ask the right questions to understand what the next move is right now. Yeah, I think right now is such an interesting time with all the shifts that are happening in the economy. And it's no wonder investors are confused. Things are changing every day, it seems like. I mean, it used to be if you kept your money in your savings account, you could maybe make 0.1% interest. So of course, it was a no-brainer to invest in multifamily where we were seeing 7 to 10% returns, sometimes even more, right? And now it's like, well, things have shifted a bit. Now interest rates have gone up. You're able to get a little bit more interest by letting your money stay in that savings account. But the trade-off is if you're not investing that money, you're not seeing that potential growth and also the depreciation from the tax benefits. So as you're personally, how are you thinking about your investments right now? Or what are you hearing out there as far as is now still a good time to invest? Should people sort of hold on and wait for the cash flow, time the market, so to speak? <laughs> well, first of all, big disclosure. I- <laughs> Please flash for everyone. I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not in any way giving anyone advice on whether or not now is a good time to invest because the real answer is I don't really know. But for me personally, when I first started thinking about investing more seriously, I realized that timing the market was never really a good idea, right? And I've watched people who back in 2016 said that we were at the top and it was like the sky is falling and they sold a bunch of stuff in a very hot market. And it's wild because I personally then invested and we as I could invested also through the business in these markets that saw wild, tremendous growth in the following five, six years. And so it's one of those things that I think is really hard to say. I think it requires a lot of self-reflection. And I know this is going to sound funny, but taking some time to 
write and to journal and to reflect on your priorities. I know you and I have been talking a lot about this over the last year and really understanding where your priorities at and what's meaningful and important to you. Back when I got into this space very actively, it was six years ago. My kids were much younger than they are now. And so before that reason, I really prioritized cash flow and so that I could step away a little more from my job. And that was sort of the thing back then. So it's going to be different for everyone, I guess, is what it is. And if you can take some time, go to Cabo and sit on the side <laughs> of the mountain and overlook the ocean and write about what's important to you and where, given what's happening right now, where do you want to put your energy, your money, your focus with everything that's going on? It may be a decision to sit and wait. It may be a decision to look for alternative investments, which is something that we've been looking at, which is why we have a focus, a strong focus on hotels as an alternative investment opportunity because the cash flow is so high. And so that's how we're kind of offsetting it is we're like, okay, well, if we can't get a lot of cash flow from multifamily, where can we get it that we feel is like a safe asset class for us to be in with great partners and great markets? And so that's how we're offsetting the lower cash flow on multifamily is we're diversifying and we're looking at stronger cash flowing assets right now. I think that would be my advice is to do some reflection work and really think about what's priority. Because for some of you, cash flow may not be a priority right now. Multifamily, as far as remaining a vehicle that I personally will always invest in, basic, simple premise, supply and demand. That's it. Like it will always be a big part of my portfolio. However, cash flow, as I've mentioned on the show, that cash flow is very important to me. So looking for other alternative investment opportunities like our hotels are other ways that I'm looking to help our investors diversify and also build some cash flow in the interim. While maybe we wait and not, maybe we don't buy as many multifamily apartments as we have in the past. I mean, there were years where we were buying, I don't know, six to 10 apartments in a year. And over the last couple of years, it's been a handful, like three or four every year. And this year, who knows what's going to happen? So I think doing some reflection and understanding where your priorities are, and then going out and looking for that, whether it be multifamily or alternative assets. There's a lot of alternative assets that I've been hearing other investors talk about as well. So looking in the alternative asset space, I think can also help. It'll be the same process that anyone who's listening has done to understand multifamily. Go through that same process that you did of discovery, asking questions, joining groups to learn about this new alternative asset class that you can add to your portfolio that might help you diversify and provide some additional cash flow where multifamily isn't right now. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong experienced teams and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations. And as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families. 
work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day. Because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. So glad that you brought up reflection because it's so easy to get lost in all the headlines and all the chatter, all the buzz of what people are saying. And it's easy to lose sight of what is your goal? Why are you in this in the first place? Why are you investing your time in learning about this? What are you hoping to get out of it? And the answer is going to be different for everybody. And as you were talking, I think you hit on something really important for you and me too, which is that we believe in multifamily. Regardless of what's happening right now in the market, we believe in the long-term fundamentals of multifamily because as it turns out, people enjoy living indoors. And so- (laughs) Not under a tree somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There will always be demand for multifamily. There might temporarily be lower cash flow and there might be things happening in the multifamily market in certain areas. And that's always going to happen. But long-term, we believe in the fundamentals of multifamily. And so then when you add that back into the mix, it reminds me of something that I don't pretend to know a lot about. I learned a little bit in my forays into investing in crypto. Don't get me started in that. I've lost a lot of money there, but I learned... Thing. Very Haven't we Two all? Things. Haven't we all? <laughs> I want to mention here. One is stay in your lane. Know what your lane is. Stay in your lane. I dabbled in crypto, didn't understand it at all. And as a result, I lost money. So that's important as you're thinking about alternative assets. Make sure that you really fully understand anything that you're getting into. The second is the principle we were talking about trying to time the market. And in the world of stock market investing, there's the idea of dollar cost averaging, which is spreading out your purchases so that you take the emotion out of it, that you're investing the same at every point in the market cycle. Doesn't matter what's going on in the market, you're committing to investing the same amount over and over again. And so what that does is it takes out the ups and downs of the market. And when it's low, great, you're buying more stock. (laughs) Your money goes farther then, but it takes the fear out of it because you're just like, yep, I'm just doing the same thing as I always have. Every month I put in this amount. And you can apply that same principle of dollar cost averaging to your real estate investments. Because the thing is, it's very easy at this point in the market cycle to get really scared and just hold all your money back and not do anything. And you could potentially be missing out on some of the biggest opportunities in these coming months. And by trying to time it, trying to get to a point where you feel comfortable, you might have missed out on a lot of opportunities by that time. And so I don't know who needs to hear this out there, but it came to me and I thought I'd mention it, dollar cost averaging. As you're reflecting, as you're thinking about your goals, think about that too, is maybe filter out all the chatter that's going on and just Think to yourself, do I believe in real estate? Do I believe in multifamily or hotels or whatever it is that you want to invest in long-term? If I do, great. Then regardless of what's going on, I'm going to find a way to invest 
the money consistently, regardless of where we are in the market cycle. I guess one thing that I can say along the same lines is that like, look, if you are an investor and you believe that you're an investor, then we must maintain the investor mentality, which is that you're always going to invest and timing the market. It's up to you if you feel like that's the game that you want to play. But I like what you're saying is like committing to being an investor, right? Like you're not going to be like, I've been an investor for five years and this year because the market's not doing well, I'm not going to be an investor this year. No, it's like you are still an investor, right? And so now it just means that you have to figure out a different strategy to continue to invest because the one that you were using five years ago is not working right now, right? And for your purposes, but then you have to do some reflection because is it working for your goals? Because maybe it is. And if it is, and maybe your goals have shifted from five years ago, like in my example, then maybe it's okay. But committing to being an investor and to always invest is, I think, the key also. So whether it's in multifamily, whether it's in Bitcoin, now is apparently a great time to buy. Wish I knew that like six months ago or whatever it was. <laughs> so... It is what it is. This is a tough time, but I think making sure that you stay outside of all of the noise and take some time to do some self-reflection on what your priorities are as it relates to investing and how you want to invest your money. But committing to still being an investor through this time is like the key. I really think that I think that's such a great point is that you're through what Annie's saying is we're committing, we're making the commitment to always being an investor. And if anyone, I'm reading the cash flow quadrant for like the second time right now and Kiyosaki's book. And you want to stay on that right side of the quadrant, right? Like, uh, and you want to stay on the B and I side, right? And for some of you, you are trying to get over to the B and I side. And we must, once we get there, we must always stay there and have that mindset. I highly recommend that book. If anyone has not read that book is such a great insight. It's not even a book. You'd think it's a book about finances, but it's actually not. It's like book about mindsets, right? Like the different mindsets in all the quadrants and what is required of you from a mindset standpoint. I think Annie, that's like what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. About the mindset that you need to have to remain an investor in this time right now and to not retract and retreat and say, this is, I'm not going to be an investor in 2023 because Mm -hmm. of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a quote that I have framed up in my room that I see every day as I'm getting ready. And it's a quote by Anais Anais Nin and says, your life shrinks or expands in proportion to your courage. And so now is a time when you have that opportunity to step forth into that courage, because when things are good and fine, you don't require courage to invest. You're like, well, everybody else is doing it and I'll do it too. Seems like it's working for everybody. But those are the times when you don't have as great, your potential to grow your wealth is not as high. But now at this time, when there are a lot of people out there who are scared, you have to step into that courage. And as you do so, you have that potential to greatly expand there. Lots of wealth will be transferred and made in times such as these. It made me think also, as you were talking about your shifting goals and priorities, and that's happened for me too, as well. When we first got into this, I was all about cash flow. Same thing. I was like, I just want that. What at the time it was like seven, eight, nine percent And I was like, yeah, 
if it hits that, that's great. I don't even care what's on the back end. Oh. And now as I've become, I've invested in more of these offerings and become a more seasoned investor myself, I see the benefits of all of it, right? We've got the cash flow, the equity, the appreciation, and the tax benefits. It's not just about cash flow, it's just one piece. And so I sort of weigh all of those. And we were just talking about this on a team meeting earlier, but the distributions and the cash flow. Personally, as an investor, at a time like this, I'm kind of glad when a deal will hold back on the distributions. I know it's great to get cash flow distributions. I love getting cash as much as the next person, but I also know what's going on in the economy. We're looking at the data every day and you can't just keep going on the same way that you have been going. If you're not shifting your priorities and your strategies as an owner operator, then something's going to happen here sooner or later. And so the deals I'm invested in where they're coming to me and they're saying, hey, look, we're building up our reserves. And as a result, we're going to hold back. We're going to pause or we're going to lower the distributions for a period of time because we don't know what's going to happen. And we want to make sure we protect your investment. Those are the ones that I trust the most. Those are the ones where I don't have to worry. Where The ones that are blindly just giving me distributions, I have to pause and be like, are you sure about this? <laughs> then I get worried about that. And so talking about mindset, it's a mindset shift as an investor, as you become more seasoned and more savvy, and you start to think like an owner operator and you put yourself in those shoes and you're like, well, if I were here, would I distribute? Is that a wise thing to do at this point? And so that's something for me that I've grown into over the last few years as I weigh these potential opportunities is that I'm not just looking at one piece anymore. I'm kind of looking at the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, it's like Warren Buffett said, right? Not what's his number one rule right? In investing, don't lose money, right? Don't lose money. At the end of the day, if I was in a deal, of course, is the plan to grow my wealth and create cash flow and get the equity on the back end? A hundred percent. Of course, that's the goal. Just like in life, we have like personal goals and professional goals. And of course, you set these big, huge, tremendous goals. But at the end of the day, if I can leave an investment and preserve my capital, in my opinion, I'm still okay. That's like, the worst case scenario is still a good case scenario is that I just walk away and I still have my money and I did not lose money. So what Annie's saying is like through this process, that's exactly what these groups are doing is they're prioritizing the safety of the capital that's invested. And same, same for me. Does it hurt? Does it sting? Is it painful to not get the distributions that you were counting on or that you were expecting, particularly for those out there where you're maybe created a lifestyle around this passive income? A hundred percent, it's painful. Nobody's discounting that at all. But the reality is if you are going back to the mindset, if you are a true investor, then you know that the number one rule is we don't lose money. And in order to prioritize that number one rule of not losing money and capital preservation is our priority, then we need to make sure that we prioritize the saving of the money and having money in reserves for whatever may come. And me, I personally think that if we can get through this year, I think we're going to see the last of the interest rate hikes. I think that things are going to start to come down next year. And I think that we're going to kind of start to see our way out of this. Maybe that's my personal opinion. So I think the biggest thing though, that I can say is 
to do that reflection work, like I was talking about earlier, where we're at, maybe reevaluate your investment strategy. Think about that mindset. Think about what you want to do and do that reflection work so that you can make the right decisions right now. Because I think there's a lot of people that are making decisions on emotion, which is never, in my opinion, something I've had to practice personally to not make decisions. Annie, you know this based on emotion and to be very patient and reflective. This is Annie's way of doing things is that she's very patient. She's very reflective of everything that she big decisions that she makes. And for me, I can get caught up sometimes in emotion and I'm a fast thinker and I like to make decisions quick, which has its benefits as well. But now is not the time for that with all this chaotic stuff and the uncertainty. Now is the time to take a day, take a week, take some time off if you can find it. It doesn't have to be a day or a week. Even if you can block five minutes, 10 minutes to do some journaling and reflection work, I think that you'll find better results that are more balanced results, I guess you can say, than sort of off the how you feel based on all the chaos that's happening right now. Oh, I can tell you when I invested in that crypto, it was all emotion. I didn't do any reflection, forgot all about rule number one and rule number two, which if you remember is rule number one is don't lose money. Rule number two is don't forget rule number one. And I forgot rule number one. And so I had my handed to me, but it's all part of the learning lessons. And so you pay your tuition one way or another. I think one thing I just want to say, I've been thinking a lot about this is that life is not a destination, right? Mm. Life is a journey filled with good and bad, like Mm -hmm. all of it. This is, you can't expect that life is going to be a journey of all these wonderful things that will happen. Life is a journey that's going to be filled with ups and downs. And if you can find a way to still find happiness and have positivity in all of that, because at the end of the day, you'll look back and think, wow, what an amazing journey this was when you're old and gray. And you look back on all the things that happened to you. If you can always have a good outlook, I guess is what I'm trying to get at on all the good and the bad things that happen, you'll have a happy life, I feel like. And so... Well, there is no better note to end the conversation on. We've covered a lot in this conversation. And for all our listeners, be sure to check the show notes. We're going to have our links and our summary and our notes there for you. But hey, if you are looking to place some capital right now, if you are looking for a good solid investment with built-in diversification, we've got a great investment for you. It's our latest offering, Good Egg Wealth Fund 2. And we've already got the first asset well under contract and on its way to close with a very unique strategy. And we've got plans for the second and third asset as well. So come join us. Julie and I are both investing alongside you as we do on all of our investments. And so to find more information about that investment, go to goodegginvestments.com slash fund two. That's goodegginvestments.com slash fund and the number two. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Life and Money Show. We hope you've gotten some great nuggets out of this conversation and we'll see you next time on the next episode. You've been listening to the Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.